When they hear the word cannabis or marijuana, many consumers immediately see visuals of perfectly rolled joints, large water pipes, and a nation of stoners. In today's show, we'll discuss the trending change in consumer consumption behaviors, the fact that the prominent smell and consumption of cannabis smoke is less welcome amongst the new cannabis consumer and is rapidly being replaced by concentrates that can be taken like a pill, vaped, made edible or drinkable. This evolution in consumption continues to drive innovation that allows consumers flexibility and options that rival no other medical or adult use consumable in recent memory. What does this shift in consumer behavior mean for the industry? Does it introduce risk or safety? Is it a better or worse value when compared to consuming flour? What are the real-world pros and cons of this seemingly irreversible trend? I'm your host, Garth Case, alongside my partner in all things green, Odin Gabe, and this is The Real Green Show. What's going on, O? What's going on, G? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Today's a good day, no doubt. It's fantastic weather here in Jersey for a change. Oh, my God. The sun is still out. I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy. How is it in Michigan? It's not too bad. It's uh, getting warmer consistently today. I just came from the garden. The girls are looking wonderful. Uh, Flushing right now and preparing to harvest. So everything's going good, man. That's what's up, no man. That's what's up. Yeah, listen, man, that, that's a good thing. Uh, so today's topic, as I think everyone heard in the um, in the intro, really focuses on you know cannabis flour versus concentrates, right? And I think we're witnessing the the death of flour. I think as a as a consumption method, uh, more and more, um, the data seems to show that as new consumers come online, we're seeing that they're favoring additional options. Right, they're focused so heavily on edibles, on on vaping, on different ways of uh, of consuming the product. That you know, the traditional way of rolling up a joint and smoking it appears to be dying. And and so we want to talk a little bit about that, and and you know, explore whether or not that is realistic. Is that really what's you know going to happen for the future of, of cannabis? And so what I did was you know break down things into maybe seven categories that we'll talk about today. So, you know, first one is health, right? Um, obviously, I think there's been a, a gigantic stigma attached to smoking overall, right? Just because of our our knowledge of the tobacco industry and the fact that smoking um, leads to cancer. You know, uh, I think that has brought about this change or bias against smoking, you know, now. But, but surprisingly, those who are still consuming the product, you know, or the aficionados or the people that's consuming it regularly, they swear by smoking and thinking that that's normal. You know, is that been your experience? I mean, it's been that way. I mean, it's the original way of consumption, right? Uh, smoking, rolling up, breaking down the bud. Um, and, you know, it's it's just been, that, it, and if you take that social factor that plays a role in, in how cannabis was consumed or is being consumed these days, you know, it's 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 a huge factor in, in, in how uh, uh, individuals perceive, you know, how cannabis is consumed. Yeah, it's kind of like an experience, right? Right, 
it's a whole experience. It's not just rolling up and rolling up and smoking a joint. The moment you started saying that, it, it, you know, I started to kind of flash back a little bit to to the nostalgia of it all, right? The fact that, you know, you go through that process of kind of grinding and and, and you have to know how to roll a joint. There was almost like a, a, right. a an expertise to it that, that made it so authentic. You almost feel like you're you're losing uh, an art, right? A piece that, that was so important to kind of how the experience would come about of you actually, you know, enjoying or smoking cannabis. But I think it's being replaced with much more creative methods too, right? At the same time. You know, uh, you know, but I do feel the pain. I think that it's something that, you know, I will miss. You know, I, I would hang out with people who um, be able to roll a joint with one hand, right? <laughs> you know, stuff like that was <laughs> unreal to me, right? It's like magic, but it, it's such a, it's such a, a, a an art form. Right. I still, I still take pride in how I roll my joints. You know, like <laughs> people will look at me and be like, "Hey, this is a religion to me." You know, I roll. I usually put on some music, you know, and we we all smoked it, and you know, that was the experience. Yeah, I get it, man. I really do, and it's interesting. But you know, you gotta wonder, like, in the mindset of a new consumer, right? It's almost something that they'd have to learn. And I, I think what we're trying to do, or what what maybe the new consumer is doing, is just like everything else nowadays, they're you know shortcutting it in a way, right? They're right. you know, it, it's it, it's not about having to. They want to jump to the satisfaction portion much quicker, right? Just like <laughs> right? Anything else. It's a convenience factor, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so I get that. Again, to this day, I still can't roll a joint properly. So um, I might be one of those people that goes, okay, listen, man, this is not working for me. Let's get to the <laughs> easier way of doing it. Um, at the end of the day, maybe, the, you know, that's the difference, right? You obviously have mastered this and it's part of an experience. And, and this is what maybe divides our consumer base. Being with Jamrock, we, we recognize that Rastafarians, uh, you know, they smoke an enormous amount of, of cannabis. Uh, and and that is their primary way of consuming. Of course, they eat it and, and it's introduced via other, other methods and teas and so on. But the primary method is, is smoking. And, and it's interesting that I can't remember ever hearing of a, a Rastafarian that died of lung cancer or something. And, and then I think about more popular culture like um, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is in amazing health. I was watching <laughs> this documentary, the one that you said, actually. Yep. I'm looking at this man. This man has been around forever and he looks so young. Yes, <laughs> it's amazing. unbelievable, man. It's like he tapped the fountain of youth. It absolutely makes no sense to me in that respect. But at the same time the proof is right there right we have lots of people who are consuming the the smoke aspect of the product and and they seem to be okay and enjoying it and so you know the, the key here is that i think for everyone to know or, or understand is that there's lots of research that needs to happen here right there's so much that we don't know about the effects of of smoking cannabis and, and so on um, that, but what one thing we do know is that is just not as harmful as smoking tobacco, you know. And tobacco is really harmful because of all the other chemicals, the man-made chemicals that are thrown into, you know, the, the cigarette itself or the e-cig itself. You the know, either one. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when we think about concentrates, though, right? Um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is versatility, right? It is super versatile when you think about the fact that. You can take this plant and you can make all of these different types of concentrates that can go into different types of products. That to me is just remarkable. 
we're, we're in an amazing time where you see someone taking one plant <laughs> and transforming it into a, a, a plethora of consumption methods, right? A plethora of materials that can be used. And it's, it's, it's amazing the innovations that are coming along these days, you know? I agree. Yeah, it's it's amazing just to to watch the innovation that people have come up with. You know, now traditionally, I think people in this industry, in the cannabis industry, even before it was legal, they they tend to be on the leading edge or bleeding edge of of innovation in lots of ways, right? There were so many different methods that people utilized to turn the plant itself into teas and, and or in, incorporate it into their overall wellness on a day-to-day basis. You know, much of that was not popularized, right? was not shared with the, the general population or world because everyone looked at this as a negative but you know again those who were closer to this industry understood that there was a lot of versatility here I've, I've, in fact i've never seen any product or any plant as versatile as this one right and, and so you know that itself lends itself to uh, um, this ability for the consumer to have a wide range of choices. Imagine going to your coffee shop and saying, hey, listen, you know, I'd like my coffee infused with cannabis, right? You know, maybe I, I want to have that, you know, combination or that's what I what I have come to like or whatever that, that helps me to, to feel better. You know, right, the have, feeling, the yeah. overall wellness, you know, you can go, again, you can go into, imagine going into your coffee shop and selecting, uh, you know, the number five, which is cannabis infused with uh, <laughs> uh, matcha or whatever right, it is. You exactly. <laughs> and you know that every single time you drink that drink or that tea, you know you're getting that same effect every single time. Yeah, that, yeah it's that's just amazing. amazing. I, I agree, man. And this, this is where we're going. This is exactly what's happening on a, on a, a daily basis now in, in legal markets, right? We're seeing the innovation now begin to, to meet the consumer, right? Where the consumer is really getting these options, you know, from and, and being shown the versatility of consumption of, of cannabis, right? There's no other stuff. If you look at alcohol, you look at all these other things, you know, alcohol is a one-trick pony. You can only, only drink it. Really, and true, that's it, right? So again, you look at this and, and you see you can eat it, drink it, you can um, smoke it, vape it. There's so many methods of consumption that the, the consumer is really left in control of, of, of what they, how they want to consume product which is incredible you know? so you know one big thing though uh, quite honestly and I, and I know it affected me also right is really this idea of discretion right you know depending on your role in life and what you're doing or, or, or whatever or the people around you or what your family has taught you I think that you you know there's a stigma that has been built up around the use of cannabis and and that probably one of the bigger reasons that's held back kind of this legalization or even you know popularization of 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 the consumption of the product is, is that there's still this heavy stigma attached and so some people would prefer to be discreet right in right, their usage absolutely. you know what are some of the ways that you hear of people being more discreet with their usage nowadays Oh, definitely vaping. Vaping the cannabis is, is probably one of the most discreet ways of consuming. You know, taking the cannabis oil, uh, putting it in your in your battery. And it, what's so interesting is that e-cigarettes are so normalized is that, you know, you, you can't even tell the difference between if someone is using a e-cigarette or a cannabis vape. That's true. 
Yeah. You know, that, that's a big thing. I mean, in lots of places, especially from a legal perspective, right? I hate to get into that realm, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, the, the law can't tell the difference either sometimes in terms of, you know, are, are you using this as an e-cig or are you smoking cannabis? It's yeah, difficult to tell. No, no. You know, you use your different type of terpenes into the... the uh, the cartridge, the vape cartridge, and you, you, the smell is completely gone. You know, I, you know, I've driven around with my, uh, my cannabis vape and I've passed police officers and, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, your heart rate would rise a few beats and, <laughs> but now it's so normalized. It's like, you know, it uh, really is. I, I really can't tell. Granted, I am in a legal state, but still, you know. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. That does make it, you know, a little bit easier, and and and, and of course, you're consuming responsibly, right? So, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Uh, so, but this is the the thing too in my mind when I think about discretion. After entering this industry, I really got this almost a dream, right? Uh, the thing that it, for me, when I really feel as if this industry has has arrived, is when I go to a restaurant and I sit there and on the dessert menu is a brownie or a cookie, right? That says, you know, it's cannabis infused, right? And it's clearly available and therefore adult use. It's semi-discretion is, is so incredible, right? So I can choose to order that and I can consume it. You know, that to me is, is really this ultimate area I think we're all kind of hoping for in this industry. Right, but listen, the use of the use of cannabis has been. I mean, it's cannabis was one of the first real medicines in this world. You know, the the first True. recorded, uh, you know, uh, evidence of cannabis goes back thousands of years, right? Yep. So, I mean, the, the stigma it's it's so perpetrated. It was perpetrated by you know that's the media, the the, the the tobacco companies that wanted to. To, to proliferate with their products, you know, it, just like alcohol prohibition, right? It was, you know, there is, and I think, personally, I think alcohol should be, you know, restricted in some areas. But, <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, it, it goes back to say that, you know, just this whole reefer madness really changed the whole culture. You know what I mean? I so agree. Yeah. It just takes a whole lot of education and, um, you know, just the, the, the time, I think, uh, will, will, will help this thing more. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And I think we're seeing that with our coming generations that they have less of, um, you know, this stigma because they weren't exposed to the same, you know, propaganda that we were, right? You know, this idea that, you know, the plant was it was bad and unhealthy and would drive you to be crazy or mad. When I see some <laughs> of these things, man, it just makes me laugh. It shows me, though, you know how you know, people can be negatively or, or, or incorrectly led right by false advertising false media false lots of things right um, yeah it is right and so but the good news is hey listen we are where we are I, it's, it's an enormous amount of progress and you know and so it's it's something i'm, I'm very happy to see in, in this overall that the stigma is dying, right? And, right. and, and, yes, and so is. maybe we won't have to be as discreet in our in our consumption in the future. But right now, I think lots of people are opting for discreet methods. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things when you think about discrete methods too is, you know, the legality of some of this stuff, right? The law aspect, right? When, when you know, I, I looked at this overall, I recognized that some states are still really just catching up on you know, edible related laws or drinkable related laws or how other methods of consumption. I think when the laws were coming into play, 
a, a lot of what was thought about was just you know rolling a joint and smoking right and and or maybe you know um, looking at the, the tincture side the medical side or so but I think a lot of laws really focused on the smoking side of things and didn't foresee this evolution of innovation in terms of you know how people would be consuming I don't know what it's like in Michigan as far as edibles or drinkables go, you know, something that, you know, I, I need to get more familiar with. But I think it's, um, here in Michigan, I think it's a little bit, uh, again, it's not, I don't think the law enforcement pays attention um, to the edible side or the, the drinking or, you know, any other form of consumption. So they're playing catch up too, it sounds like. Like they, they really haven't got much focus to it. Right. Again, it goes back to this stigma that goes around smoking. You know, yeah. the the most common way of getting in trouble with the law here is smoking in a public place. You know, <laughs> or right. if there's a rule around uh, a, a specific building, not you're not being able to smoke there, then you know someone calls or whatever the case may be, and that's how you get into trouble here. But yeah. so. Do you, do you see a time, though, where maybe there might be more focus on this edible or drinkable? I mean, I don't think it's in, in restaurants yet, right? Be. I think there has to be because um, concentrates are so potent. Um, the, the, the regular consumer, uh, not knowing sometimes what they're taking, can definitely put themselves at risk. So I think that definitely in the future that they'll have to put some type of restrictions around um, edibles and so forth yeah and I agree with you I think that's part you know partially kind of what the the FDA is looking at from the CBD side of the business right now right you know it's they're they're seeing this high level of infusion occurring with um, CBD and other products and it, it's obviously cause for concern because you know in one of our other podcasts I think we covered the fact that you know not all of these things are created equal right there are lots of um, people that are literally creating products that you know trace levels of CBD right so they don't they're not even representing the product properly or, or the benefits of it um, so and then they're incorporating it into all these other foods and things and saying that it's there uh, and so I think the FDA seriously looking at this space I know there's a, a ruling coming up soon you know, by the end of this year I believe that that will focus in on you know and uh, on what manufacturing of an infusion of CBD into these products but I, I can see the same thing happening over time with the THZ side of the business, you know, where where people will need to be governed, you know. So I agree with you, restrictions are necessary, uh, you know, and I welcome them quite honestly because, you know, as we talked about, I think also in one of our podcasts, the consumption of uh, an edible is very, very different from vaping, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, people need to be educated on that, you know, so that they understand that the onset of, of um, an edible versus, you know, smoking or, or vaping is 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 very, very, very it's different. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. Completely different. When you eat an edible, you don't feel the effects for two to three hours versus vaping. Yeah. The effects are instantaneous and they'll only last two to three hours. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. So you really do have to plan to me 
to, you know, I mean, again, if you do an edible, and again, it's all about dosage though, right? Oh, because at the end of the day, if you don't put as much THZ into the product and you maybe emphasize the healthy side, which is kind of what Jamrock will, will really focus on a lot is, is this idea of ratios and, and ensuring that we're balancing those ratios in our products. So, you know, we're not knocking people out unless you choose to, if you want to, you know, a sleep aid, then there's a product for that, right? But mo most people I think want to remain functional. Um, and so I think this idea of ratios and, and dosing properly is really going to be the, the thing that helps the consumer, you know, truly understand what will happen when they consume an edible or a drinkable, uh, and then maybe not be out for, you know, hours, right? You know, right. <laughs> that, exactly. Which has happened to me before. <laughs> yeah, listen, man, it is, it is definitely possible. So, you know, potency is a huge thing. And again, there's a market for that. You know, I'm not saying there isn't. And I think there are people that would, um, that welcome, you know, that into their lives. But I believe that um, a majority of people would really truly um, want the creative effects of cannabis and, and, and also the, you know, just the well-being side of, of cannabis. 100%. Yeah. So, you know, when we think about concentrates, one of the things to, um, I like to, you know, bring up is value, right? I, I think that, you know, concentrates, because of the ability, I, I, you know, for us to to control how much of, of the ratios are in the product, um, as well as the, you know, just overall potency of it, you're able to, to maybe have a, a, a better value from the product. So, you know, flour obviously has to be stored properly um, over time for it to, um, to remain good in terms of smoking and, and, and um, but when you have a concentrate, your shelf life, so to speak, is is much better. So it's better from the business standpoint, and I think better from the consumer side too, right? Absolutely. I mean, long term, this flour, the flour will be a commodity, right? We will be people will be producing so much. Mm -hmm. You know, take Oregon for example, where they have so much in excess. They they literally have enough cannabis to last until 2045, right? That's what I read in the article, which <laughs> is crazy. absolutely ridiculous. Like something like a million pounds which is a like yeah. a million pounds of cannabis and you know like that's a happy that state is, right? <laughs> so what's what's happening with the retailers is that they have to give a whole lot of discounts right they have to sell their flour for literally nothing yeah. and so that hurts their bottom line absolutely um so you know and, like, and you have to, you have to sell it quickly that's the that's right. the catch right sell it quickly right yeah. so i think that's going to project into to other to other uh states and show that you know um the flower won't have as great of a value there will be a small market for it but concentrates will definitely be in terms of a not, not only a consumer perspective, but uh, a business, business perspective. Yeah. Perspective that definitely hold its value a lot longer. Yeah, no, I agree you with know? you 100. percent I mean, if I own a dispensary, you know, quite honestly, I think one of my focuses would be, of course, I want to carry some flour for the people that like that. But you know, just from a business perspective, what's on my shelves and and, and, and you know, kind of this idea of an expiration or use by date is truly extended by having to concentrate, right? And and as we become more regulated, you know, unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's just a word I really hate. It gives me heartburn just thinking about being 
further <laughs> regulated. But at the end of the day, it's what's going to happen. And I think as regulation reaches deeper and deeper into the into the overall operation, you'll be forced just like the the you know the food industry to have a use by date, you know, displayed and so on for the consumer so they understand whether or not the product is fresh or not. You know, and, and you can see that you can see that evolution occurring. Um, and so as a, as a, as a business person, I, I think I would, I would definitely lean towards having products that have a, a, a longer sell by date. So it gives me more time to move that inventory, um, as opposed to the flower. So, you know, another, another plus in the, in the side of, um, the concentrate, right. In terms of why it provides good value and it's good value for the consumer and, um, and the business, um, right. side of things. Um, and then with the versatility, you know, you, you, it goes by these these can be connected right versatility and value um you, you have a, a variety of products they each have different sell by dates so you know the consumer will always be coming back looking for something yes. right so and yes. that will keep your your, your your bottom line going for that's sure. true and and inventory and so on because you know nothing is worse than you know, liking a particular strain, liking a particular product, and then you're returning back and you and they're saying, "Oh, you know, we don't and have any more of that." Very common scenario. That's a very, very common scenario here. Exactly, it, it's everywhere. It is no question. But I, I see it being solved more by by concentrates, right? Um, you know, because it just it's just better overall from a from a longevity standpoint. So you know, one thing too with consumers, I, I think, and we talked a little bit about potency. Uh, but you know, when you think about versatility, potency, and all that, they they kind of combine into this idea of convenience. People like a specific way of consuming and and a taste and so on. So I know for myself personally, uh, it took me a little while to get used to the the smell and, and taste of of cannabis. I gained an appreciation for it, right? Of particularly certain strains. But one thing I do recognize is that it, it's not something that you know kind of gravitate to. I like flavored. Um, cannabis. So here's the catch, right? After consuming a flavored version of like a CBD or a flavored version of a THC level cannabis, my preference was really the flavored. Right. And it adds to the variety, right? Adds to the variety that we have. And, you know, not everybody's the same versus, you know, me, for example, you know, I'm not, you know, I grew up consuming the pure flower, right? So like, I'm not opposed to it at all like i love the smell every, every time I, I smell cannabis in the crowd i personally i like i <laughs> you up. light up <laughs> <laughs> right. no pun intended <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> right but as as i i see this industry evolving you know like the some of the products that we we, we were testing it's like um you know the flavors are so pronounced and amazing and that that you remember that passion passion fruit vape that we tried oh and yeah was, like it was amazing like yeah. the, the combination i think the cbd and the, the, the passion fruit flavor whatever that came from yes it was just phenomenal for me and i i you know i consumed it like every single day yeah i know i'm with you I, because i use cbd in my just typical regimen daily that is my go-to right it is the flavored right i have the natural i offers you access to everything but at the end of the day i really go back to this idea of flavored because you know um it, it just adds to the experience and, and and it makes it more enjoyable especially when you decide you want to share it with other people and so on it, right. you know 
you know, reduces the, the, the polarization, the shock factor that people get from first consuming and tasting and smelling, it, it reduces right. one of those right. things for them, right? So, it, it, you know, listen, I think the, the future of the product is, is versatility and, and, and this ability to add these flavors. And, and, and so Jamrock obviously will be doing that too. Uh, but, you know, I welcome this change into the industry. That's a good thing. I am a, a bigger proponent of, of you know terpene flavors, right? So you're you're taking a mango terpene or like you said a passion fruit and whatever, you know, and really bringing those flavors in and, and keeping it as natural as possible, uh, you know, just so that we're not necessarily introducing too much of the um, you know kind of synthetic products into the natural product. Uh, so right. I'm definitely more in favor of that. But again, flavor overall, I'm all about it. And I think it's a critical thing to, to, to continue to add to, to uh, the product overall and the enjoyment right. of it. I, I could I could take I could put a passion fruit in, in anything that I could <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear you man I know that question but, I'm with you, you know, it, it also goes back to 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 kind of making it consumer friendly right you know these flavors are, are very familiar to a whole lot of people so they're more likely to 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 enjoy the experience versus the raw you know, cannabis or, you know, the, the THC or the CBD flavors, which aren't usually very pleasant. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're so right. Especially for a new consumer, right? And again, right. you want to make sure, you know, to enhance the experience in any which way we can. Um, because, you know, it's, it's so true. When I talk to some people who've never, or maybe they've consumed cannabis in the past, they will tell you of a bad story. Or I, I, I used this and it, it, it made me, and we talked about this in one of our last podcasts about being paranoid and so on. Or, or I just didn't like the taste. I didn't, I didn't like the smell, you know. And, and so here is a way in which we're going to reduce, you know, some of that for, for many consumers. I, I think it's a great thing. I really do think it's a, it's a, it's a, an innovation that is welcome and should be welcomed. And uh, I can't wait to see what what people do with it. You know, because I think again, this is only the, the beginning. Right? I agree, hundred so percent, man. A couple of years from now, it, it that, you know, it really just can't wrap my head around yep. uh, of the innovations that will come about. Absolutely, absolutely. And and just think about it, right? When you think about, it, we talked about infusing in food or drink. Uh, this makes it that much better that much more you know if I'm a chef and I and I am well known for a pastry or, or something and, and, and here it is that I'm you know I don't want that my taste the taste of my food altered by adding this ingredient right so so this I this idea too of, of being able to isolate just the cannabis you know is important right as a concentrate so it doesn't carry along any of the taste or smell right so so that's another aspect that i, I love about you know this idea of concentrates right is, is this ability to to create just a pure isolate of of the properties you know thc cbd and, and others that don't bring along the taste and the smell so it doesn't right. influence the profile of 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 this maybe great pastry that I'm, I'm about to create so i look forward to those innovations right and and one day walking into a, a supermarket and going oh yeah look it's um you know cbd right Absolutely, 100%. So, you know, when we when we look at, you know, concentrates overall, right, a big thing here to cover is quality, right? I, I think, you know, we have, we've talked about that in other podcasts, that quality is such a huge concern. We cannot stress it. We cannot stress it enough. Quality is paramount when consuming cannabis. 
Yes, without question. It, 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 it literally can be the difference between a good experience and a terrible one, right? You know, and so quality is something we have to pay attention to. With more regulation, I think we're gonna, this is one area where regulation actually helps the industry a little bit in, in terms of ensuring that we're keeping levels of quality up, uh, you know, making sure things are tested, right? And there's some transparency into what the tests and what's in the product for the consumer. So they understand what they're consuming, right? You know, I, I think that's something that, that we we're lacking so much now across the industry. It, it, it really is surprising to, to, to see that we're lacking so much of it. But you know, it goes back to also ethics, right? There are a lot of people who are unethical in this industry too, who are just in it to make money, right? They're not they're not focused on the consumer experience and focused on the longevity of the industry. They're just, you know, throwing together a couple of things and calling it a specific product when, you know, quality is not in their mind. It's all about this quantity that they're able to push. Yeah, they don't they don't think about uh, you know how it will and even so we don't know how it will affect us long term right you know you you throw all these things on your starting material the bud and it 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 ends up contaminating your 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 final product yes and, so it know, starts at cultivation right like, like we it always say it starts at cultivation yeah, it I starts at cultivation and if you're not careful with the the the, the, the and I personally think you shouldn't use any products on your plants at all after they after they they've reached a certain stage. Um, the lingering effects of these, you know, and pesticides, insecticides, you know, even though they they might you know say organic on the label, you know, I know we we, we touched on this the last time we spoke, but it, it's so very important that yeah. quality of your starting material is top notch yes. because that carries down into your final products. Yes, I agree. It's worth mentioning again. I know we talked about it last material, right? It really is something that, you know, not just the consumer, but the people in our industry, you know, they, they have to be mindful of this. This is something that is detrimental for all of us who are in this industry. And if we're going to make it a real industry, we have to really be cognizant of of the ways in which we're, you know, we're cultivating, you know, and then processing, right? It's so important that, you know, we keep quality in mind from a consumer, you know, perspective and perspective of, of ensuring that our industry doesn't get, you know, tagged with another stigma of some kind of, of you know, maybe attaching some kind of, you know, illness or, or things to the, to, to the use of the product. You know, again, right. it's very easy to get to that point when you start introducing um, synthetics and and, yes. and so when that starts to happen you know it gets it gets to be a bad thing so quality is very very fair I cannot stress it enough you know you'll see from a jammer perspective we will be as transparent as humanly possible about what is in our products right if there is something that that is infused and in, in something that um, is not Know, native to the product, right? And we, we try to stay as organic as humanly possible. But as things evolve, obviously, we want to provide our consumer with what they want. Um, but you know, our promise obviously revolves around you know a safe and quality product, right? That's something that they can always look to us for, and and we promise that they'll always have. It's it's super important for the consumer to know to know what is inside their their, their products, right? Because I think you know it, it this, the the culture in 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 now is is that you know the, the convenience has taken over 
the the need to know what's inside your your products right whether it be, be checking you buy from the supermarket or uh you know vegetables that come from your farmer's market you know i think more people need to know exactly what type of methods are used in creating their foods True. and you know their flour and yeah. their concentrates that uh, you know it opens up i think a, a whole other level of you know transparency yes in conversation you know? i agree you know i think that's that's so right i mean you mentioned something really important there this idea of farm to table you know i know i'm a huge proponent of that um, not just from, uh, you know, enhancing our, or building our farming industry overall um, and supporting that, but, you know, knowing that someone took the time uh, to, to grow a product and have it, you know, freshly brought straight to my table, you know, that's something that the quality shows, right? And, and, and the consumption of it is more enjoyable, right? You know, as opposed to it being uh, utilized or, or sprayed with tons of preservatives. And so that experience is a different experience. And, and I've witnessed that myself. Uh, and, and so it's very similar, right? You know, this idea of, of trying to, to keep things as organic as possible um, and, and keeping as clean as possible as it moves from the farm, you know, into consumption. Um, you know, this goes towards quality and, and the experience that, you know, people should expect as they consume um, cannabis products, right? We're hoping that, that our industry will continue to make that a... Um, one of their primary thoughts as you know they build uh, their businesses and so on and recognize that it, it is the one thing that will make us sustainable um, so you know and again this this brings us to pretty much the um, the closing of our show here we, we we've you know I think kept it a little shorter than usual I mean, you know as we're we're trying not to um, to overwhelm our audience um, but you know this is a huge topic right and I, I think quite honestly um, we're gonna need you know more time to talk about yes. some of the other areas right I, I yes, think we we'll have to expound on it because this concentrates market is massive it's constantly changing and I feel like would we do our uh, listeners a great justice keeping up with the changes that are happening yes I agree 100 percent and and so you know uh, to our listeners if there's any other things that you'd like us to cover or talk about you know again uh, the information to contact us it's all in the show notes um, you can always reach us at we care at jamrockorganics.com uh, you know with any comments that you have where we welcome those I, I think also you know as you mentioned there'll need to be a part two to this um, we'd love to incorporate anything that you have or would like to share please feel free to reach out to us let us know your thoughts uh but you know again this is to us a turning point in in the, in the history of the use of cannabis and and I, I hope that you know some of the information we shared today was useful and you um whether you agreed or disagreed that's fine you know i think it's something that um, it was worthy of conversation. So, oh, I thank you for your time, man. And I know you got to get back to those plants. I'm going to let you do it's your thing. It's always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure conversing. And, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's always good to uh, the listeners into our minds. And, yes. uh, if they, again, if they have any issues or if they have any disagreements, please just reach out to us and we, we can definitely have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It. You know, we, we don't, we don't say that everything we say here is 100% correct. It's just based on our opinion and experiences. And obviously those can vary 
from person to person. So, you know, anyway, so that said, my man, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank Thanks you. to the audience for, um, you know, for listening in uh, and um, and hopefully learning some. And we will catch you next time on The Real Green Show. What's up, everybody? You've just listened to The Real Green Show, brought to you by Jamrock Organics. I'm your host, Garth Case, along with my co-host, Odin Gabe. If you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review. And check us out at jamrockorganics.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on our show, email us at wecare at jamrockorganics.com. Last but not least, please don't take any of the information you get on the show from the hosts or guests as medical, legal, or financial advice. Speak with the appropriate licensed professional. At times, we will share promotional information and provide commercial reviews of products. We will always disclose when we are paid or if any of our discussions are investment related. Peace and love, my friends.